Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 3.5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P.com slash easy. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. This episode is presented by Away Travel. Quite simply, Away makes everything you need for a trip away. Away started with the perfect suitcase, then built from there, creating a range of travel standards developed from the travel stories of friends and seatmates. The pieces aren't smart, they're thoughtful, with features that solve real travel problems. To give the whole world access to better travel standards, Away took the direct-to-consumer approach to lower the prices and to make sure quality is guaranteed. Your Away suitcase will be with you for life. We are teaming up with Away and Podgo to give you the best deal on premium luggage by going to podgo.co slash away. That's podgo.co slash away. Away travel, here to make your journey seamless. The Oracle Network. Okay, last week we left off, or actually two weeks ago, uh, we left off with my kind of profile slash theory on the Chicago Strangler. And last week I did have this recorded, but editing was a mess, and then the sound didn't sound right, and I lost the... It was a whole thing. So we are redoing this now. Few little announcement type things. If my voice sounds weird... I just got a filling at the dentist, so half of my mouth is like completely numb. Uh, I didn't have another time to record this, so that's why we're doing it right now. Um, secondly, this is going to be kind of short because uh, we just also went to the vet today and one of our mice has lymphoma, so she is She's been declining really quickly, which is why we brought her to the vet, and that's when they told us what was wrong. So we're basically trying to make sure she has all her favorite snacks and um, has the heating pad on and has her pain medicine all the time. So I'm kind of focused on that rather than the episode. I'm sorry about that. Um... I also am starting an LLC, can't completely say what it's for yet because it's not all the way filed, but that should be coming out soon. 
I did go to school for business entrepreneurship, so I kind of feel like I'm finally doing something with my degree and I'm excited about it, so keep a lookout for that. Today we are going to go into basically the two fields of theories um, on who the Chicago Strangler could be. There's not a whole lot out there about him or her, but I believe it's a him. And so it's kind of hard to speculate, but we're going to go into some theories that are out there and that I could find. Okay, so of course we have to go back to Reddit for a few theories. One theory by Miles Brisbane, I think, is the um, username. This was 248 days ago. He said, or she, said the CPD believes it may be the work of two or more serial killers targeting only sex workers and marginalized women minorities. I would summarize that in a city of nearly 9 million presently, and over a nearly 20-year period, that to have two killers operating is not out of the question. But to have each targeting the same victims in the same location would possibly imply that they are working together. There have been no media announcements from the DA or the CPD, and that's known. There's really not a lot on the Chicago serial, serial killer possibilities online, which kind of points towards the police department maybe not thinking it's a serial killer or they're trying to keep as much evidence as close as possible and not alert the media about it which both could be equally reasonable in this case i am going to read another thing from reddit user pivot all moments pivotal moments duh that was posted 188 days ago they said, it looks like, from briefly looking at the map, that there are at least two active serial killers. One who is targeting women on the south side, and one on the west side. The cases closer to the north side look more like opportunity murders, as they are in the vicinity of the red and blue Chicago public transit lines. So it could be possible that they are separate serial killers, or as you mentioned in another comment, meant to throw investigators off the other one to two serial killers. I live in Chicago and I'm a professional genealogist, so cases like this pop up on my radar often. So this one's saying they believe it's more than just two killers, but they did state, like I said two weeks ago I believe, that the killings on the south side and on the west side could both be like separate, because there's a big cluster on the south, there's a big cluster on the west, and then there's some like southwest and there's some scattered in the north downtown area as well so these could be opportunity killings from a totally different person they just happen to line up with the mo or the victim profile of this supposed serial killer really all these murders could be different people i don't think it's likely but they could be not connected at all. It could just be 
some crazy coincidence, I just don't think that's likely. I think at least there's at least one to two serial killers in this mix, which serial killer by definition is killing more than three people, I believe. Or it's two people. I think it's three people, but I don't know. It's one of those two. This one doesn't exactly um, give a theory, so to speak, but Larvae, who posted two years ago, said this. The amount of women missing or found deceased in the area is so staggering and overwhelming and widely unaddressed. Any number of things could be theorized, from one suspect to multiple, but often the forensics are not thorough and blatchy at best, and the county is slapping a good enough on the file and backlogging. It happens on a smaller scale in the area I live. And then they go on to say, there's always going to be people ignored and names forgotten when the scale is so large. If we're looking at just these cases, the 51 or as I theorized, 44 as a whole, that's a lot of murders in itself. That's a lot of unsolved murders especially if we're linking them back to one person. People go crazy at killers like John Wayne Gacy and Ted Bundy and just very famous killers like that who have far less than 51 victims. So if these were all linked back to the same person, that would be a crazy amount. But if Sorry, if you can hear my dog snoring, apparently he's passed out by my feet. Bud, bud, go somewhere. Um, as I was saying, it's crazy for one person to have this many kills. But then we look at the scale of Chicago as a whole. And there are so many unsolved cases of murders, assaults, robberies. There's so many things that go unsolved there because the crime rate is just so Hi. I believe it was two weeks ago or three weeks ago when I did the episode talking about all the names of the victims and their maps and where they were found, all that kind of stuff. And I did the video to show you guys the uh, maps and where these women were found and stuff like that. And in that video, I went to murder maps or something along that name. And we looked at the crime statistics of Chicago and how many homicide cases there were versus how many were solved. And back 20, 30 years ago, most of them were solved. The minority was unsolved cases. Now we look at it and the minority is solved cases. So there are so many unsolved cases that aren't even in the public eye these cases aren't even really in the public eye unless you know to look them up, you know one of the victims, or something along those lines. So when we're looking at the probability that there could be multiple serial killers, it's not that difficult. But when we're looking at the probability that many of these women could be forgotten or their cases could never be solved, that is almost guaranteed. I live in Milwaukee, not Chicago. We're about two hours or a little less north of Chicago. And our crime rates are very similar. Chicago has more crime than us, but we have kind of the same ratio. A lot of our cases go unsolved and 
there's a lot of shootings, there's a lot of robberies, even where I live. Um, in our old apartment, we had a robbery in the lobby, and it was ooh, maybe two minutes before my boyfriend walked into the lobby. So this guy got robbed with a shotgun, which seems like a very odd weapon to choose for a robbery on the street. But anyways, he got robbed with that, which I still kind of find the choice of weapon hilarious. And my boyfriend walked in as the police showed up. So he missed a robbery by that much. Neither of us have ever been a victim of crime. Actually, he had his car broken into to steal all our Christmas presents. Other than that, though, we've never been a victim of a crime. We've never been a victim of assault here in Milwaukee or robbery. We've never <laughs> witnessed a homicide or anything like that. And when you look at the crime rates, it's kind of astounding that we don't know anyone that that's happened to. And in Chicago, it's even more astounding if you don't know anyone who has been victimized by crime. So I definitely think some of these women are going to be forgotten over time and their cases are just never going to get solved, which is awful. We don't want that at all. We want them solved and we want them figured out and we want their names remembered, but it's just very unlikely. So now that I got off on a tangent a while ago, let's just look at basically the two schools of thought that can go along with the Chicago Strangler theory. On one side, we could say it is one serial killer. On the other side, we can say it is two or more. There's a whole nother side where we can say, like, most of these happened by random people, but we're not going to go into that. We're going to look at these two schools of thought. So if we're looking at the one where we think it is just one person doing this, I don't think it would be that hard. When we looked at the maps, there was a big cluster in southern Chicago, big cluster in western Chicago, and a few in southwest Chicago, and then the few scattered ones in the north and downtown areas. So as I said, if the killer lived in southwest Chicago or right in the middle of Chicago, it would be really easy to get to all these areas. So the killer could just be a well-traveled Chicago person. They like to drive around Chicago. They like to find women to prey on, something like that. Even if they were in the downtown area, they might have had to drive to the southern victims and the western victims, but the northern ones, they could have taken the blue or red transit lines, which would make their getaway even more seamless. So that is an idea of what could have happened there. Now, to look at the probability of someone killing 51 women, or 44, or in between there, it's unlikely for that to happen without them getting caught. But we have seen it before. If we're looking at Samuel Little, he supposedly killed 90-some women, or maybe it's more than that. Last I checked, it was 90-something. And although many of them are unconfirmed, police believe it's very likely he could have done this. 
we can look at we can look at the Golden State Killer, who I don't know exactly how many people he killed. I don't have the information in front of me right now, but he went on a rampage for years and then he just stopped and he wasn't caught until recently. So it is possible to commit many crimes without being caught. It's not unheard of, it's just unlikely. So if it is one person, we have to believe that this person knows what they're doing, which makes it even more terrifying. Because if they know what they're doing, they're less likely to get caught and they're more likely to keep killing. I am unsure if there have been any victims of the supposed Chicago Strangler in 2020 or 2021. I will probably do an episode on that later this year, just so we can look back at it. But if there has been, then we know he's still killing. So he started in 2001. We know as of 2018, there are still murders linked to this supposed serial killer, which means he has to know what he's doing for there to be no DNA left over, for there to be no witnesses, for there to be no survivors or things like that. He would most likely be someone who plans things out. Otherwise, if he was a very non-planning, that's not what it's called. Um, non-organized? I don't know. If he was not an organized serial killer, he would be easily or more easily found. Now, if we're looking at the other train of thought, school of thought, um, we could say there is one killer in the South, because there is that big cluster. We could say there is one killer in the West, because there is that big cluster. And then we could theorize a few things. Either one or both of these killers went into the Southwest area and into the downtown area and into the northern area. So they, one or both, just expanded where they were going to kill. That's very possible. They could have had a few crimes of opportunity, but once again, it seems more like all these things were planned out because there is no one caught for these murders yet. Or we could say there was one in the south, one in the west, and then the north was a completely different killer who was somewhat organized, organized enough to not get caught, but more opportunistic. He didn't completely plan things out. There's a million different ways you could go from here because theories just, they don't end. And that's why I like theorizing. And normally I would have this all mapped out, but after last week's fiasco with this whole episode, and then today getting the filling and learning about our mouse and there's just a lot going on. So I did not have time to plan this out very well, but I am going to just leave you with those thoughts, uh, the two schools of thought, and I'm going to be back next week starting a series on missing and murdered indigenous women. That is something that needs to be addressed just as much as the supposed serial killer need to be addressed. So we're going to dive into quite a few cases of missing and murdered indigenous 
women because those are very under solved and just people don't know about them as much when they are just as important as any other missing or murdered person's case. So I know that was jumbled and I am sorry about that. I just don't have it in me to really go through and edit it or redo it this week. And this is just where we're leaving it. I know I kind of got off topic. Well, not really off topic, but I started rambling in a few spots, but that's kind of how my research normally goes. So that kind of gives you a good insight to what I think when I'm looking at all this evidence and all these cases. Anyways, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Great Unsolved, on Instagram at Great Unsolved Pod. Look us up on Facebook. We have a Facebook group and a Facebook page. We have a Patreon. I don't know what else we have. I think that's it. Tomorrow I am going to be live on Give Vocal at 7 p.m. talking about the AJ Hodsell or Hodsell case. This is a case that just seems so obvious as to who did it and what happened, just like the Kristen Smart case does to me. And it's just so frustrating that this case is still technically unsolved. So all our social links will be in the description box down below, and I will see you tomorrow for my live at 7 p.m. Stay safe and have a great day. Hey, it's Bobby Bones. You know, when you build with Morton Buildings, you build something that lasts. If you need a garage, insulated workshop, horse barn, farm storage building, cabin, office, warehouse, or anything in between, Morton can create a building that's perfect for you, that's attractive, that's easy to maintain, that's dependable enough to stand the test of time. Don't delay. Construction schedules are filling up fast. So now is the time to start planning your building project with Morton Buildings. Find out more right now at mortonbuildings.com.